Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. What's up, Dean? Uh, everything is up in a good everything, way, everything except the stock market. I was going to say, <laughs> gosh, what a week. <laughs> Not investment advice. I was texting Barn, uh, what was it, the day before the CPI print. And uh-huh. was just like, what? how should I be thinking about this? What do I do? This or that. And I was just playing with a few, yeah. literal play money. Like people would yeah. laugh if they knew what yeah. I was yeah. gambling with. <laughs> and I literally did the thing. I, I basically, I bought some stuff. And within like six hours at the end of the day, kind of panicked and was like, oh, this ain't going to be good. <laughs> sold, <laughs> it. sold it. Thank it's God me. I did. Thank God I did. Because it was like, I'm just. I don't got the I don't I don't got the stomach for that kind of uh no. even with well, even with a completely pointless amount of money. I don't have yeah. the, the stomach for it. I've been so on defense for like six weeks now. So mm-hmm. yep. my guy, you know, he's like, we've been selling covered calls, which is essentially betting on the down downward pressure yep. of the market and uh and cashing out of some stuff that I've done okay in. So yeah, I'm 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 all neutral till after the election. Yes. So. Right. Not investment yeah, exactly. advice, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, generally, generally, if I, my it would seem like that if the Republicans win um, anything and we see either yeah. a more balanced government or that's, a that's what the market should rip history yeah. would tell us, I think. But, you know, well, yeah. And then the third year of the presidency is always a big up year mm-hmm. if you've got a evenly balanced, you know, House, Senate, White House, if you got some, at least something there to to stop extreme policy either way. Um, Generally good. Yeah, when Clinton's third year was was like a rock star year because you had the Republicans got the House and Clinton moved to the center actually um, and did a lot of good stuff, you know, you know, as far as legislation goes. And then the markets, you know, went ballistic. So, yeah, let's hope that all happens. Exactly. I know. So, okay, an interesting thing happened this morning, and we're gonna—I'm gonna edit this episode right when we're done, and we're gonna put it out because mm-hmm. um, I think it'll be—it'll be cool to kind of hear for people to hear in real time, especially the first part of this. So, uh, Figma, which is the huge yeah. um, online uh, developers love it. It basically is mm-hmm. a design platform for teams to build. Products. We use it. You use mm-hmm. it, right? So, the CEO announced this morning that they have sold to Adobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they're going to stay an, an autonomous company. Was it 20 billion? I didn't, I, I didn't see. Yeah. Maybe I didn't see the price. Is that what it was? 20 billion. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Jeez. That is <laughs> crazy. I, I so, think it's been around 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Um, he built it really quietly. Apparently I was like mm-hmm. reading a story today that he was refusing money really early on and just kept everything really close to the chest and, um, kind of just did a really good job of like building a product that worked really, really well. And then. Oh, and grew with cash, right? Like we always talk cash. about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bootstrap, 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 mm-hmm. conserve, don't take money, hold from taking money, try to get profitable, reinvest profits. I'm yep. real way to build a company. Yep. Yep. So I thought it was interesting because you kind of, so Silicon Valley is full, which is, you know, the designers, right? Like product designers, the tech ecosystem primarily uses this product who are most of them. I don't want to say most, but a large amount of them probably working at startups, right? Mm-hmm. Or working at big right. tech companies or whatever. Right. 
um, this is kind of like the the classic like great story, you know, founder builds company that really helps a whole group. But then I started sorting through the comments, and man, he is getting eviscerated. Um, well, you know why? And like, well, he, Adobe, Adobe is, is getting like, eviscerated, right? Yeah, they're but they're considered like the old god, and mm -hmm. like you know, Adobe are just like the old. Figma is the new, and oh, man, yeah. they just sold out to the old guy, you know? Yes, like, right, right. Y yeah, I mean, you know, someone commented, like, happy for you as a founder for the big exit, but really sad about the future of Figma. Adobe is all things we don't want Figma to be. It's just like kind of like, you know, basically one thing after another of people saying this. And it kind of just, um, you know, I specifically use Figma to escape Adobe. So it's like it, there's a lot of hate. Yeah. I just think it brings up an interesting conversation about like capitalism and builders well, and people. Building the other products. story today was the Patagonia guy yep. is like giving his company away that currently spits out a hundred million a year in cash profit. He's giving it away to it's getting put in this trust and he wants all the money to go to environmental causes. That's the other big amazing story in, within capitalism wow. today. Jeez, that's um, wild. So he's giving away his stake of the business or the whole business. The whole it's a three billion dollar company. He's giving it, he's putting it in the hands of this trust. And essentially, um like the hundred million a year is gonna go to causes to fight climate change. Jeez, that's wild. You're a true believer, man. <laughs> I mean, I that is going all in with your right? with your money, you know. And mm -hmm. honestly, more power to the guy. Like, that's like he's got a conviction, like, have at yep. it, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I wish, you know, I, within the Christian world, mm -hmm. right, where, you know, generosity is taught and, you know, it's part of, like, who we are as believers, right? Just mm -hmm. outrageous generosity. You, sometimes you see it, you know, the Gates Foundation, um, Warren Buffett, you see these massive, like, giving things. To things, sometimes the things are really good. Right. Like, you know, fighting, you know, disease in Africa and getting people like vaccinated from malaria or whatever. Like, right. That's a really good thing that the Gates Foundation has done. And yeah. they've almost eradicated some terrible diseases just about from the whole continent. Right. So right. Right. really, really good stuff. Um, but then, like, you know, sometimes the church is slow. <laughs> right. To catch yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I, I was. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, to me, it just brought up. Like it's, it was shocking to see that much hate and I get it, right. People that are using it, they feel like the guy's selling out, but mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, a, a guy like who founded Patagonia, who's donating his money to a cause he really, really believes in, or this yeah. guy who founded Figma, who's like securing the bag, but at the same time, continuing to run an autonomous company, um, yeah. to serve the customers that it's always been served. Why do you think people get so upset? Like, what is it about that? Where we just have a difficult time. Under, oh, like we're, like, all, we're all really pragmatic until yeah. it kind of like affects our day-to-day -day in a way, it's right? It's like, the man, right? Like the man one, like Adobe's, you know, it, it's just people. And people just get jealous of success, honestly. Right. Like, you know, hey, uh, it's great for you as a founder, but it's like, dude, you know, just take your small thinking and go somewhere else. People just yeah, exactly. Jealous. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting, um, but a really cool story. We'll put the show notes to his letter um, that he wrote his announcement, his blog post. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes because uh, it's just a cool case study for yeah. you know 
Terrible. someone who has like really solved the problem, gone the distance with it, built a huge yep. following of, of diehard customers. Um, yep. so, okay, cool. So I want to, so, so we got reached out to by uh, a guy named, I should say a younger guy. I think he's still in college, actually listener of the podcast. His name's Tanner and Tanner reached out after we did an episode on bivocational ministry. Because he's right. in school, he's studying to be a pastor, but he also wants to do business. So he's like thinking right. a lot about this. And he said, he was like, he basically wrote this like long essay of probably 15 questions and said, hey, wow. I would love for you guys to do another episode. This is all the questions I have. And so I looked him up on Twitter. He's a sharp kid. So I said, actually, why don't you just come on with us yeah, and ask it. the questions and talk about it? So That's that was awesome. last week and then things got crazy busy and I didn't follow up with him with the time. And so this morning he followed up with me and said, Hey man, just following up. Would love to come on the show. Let me know. Cool. So we're going to get that set up, uh, probably either next week or the next, he's going to join us and That's you know, perfect. we're going to answer his questions and, and that'll be fun. Love but, it. um, it made me think about this article Carrie Newhoff posted. So if you're listening to this, you don't know who Carrie Newhoff is. He sort of started out, uh, I, I would say he's kind of like the, the the largest podcaster in kind of the faith-based leadership space. Okay. Um, and Fun fact. Right. Yep. He's a customer of ours, his church. Highly customer. Canada. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah he, um man, he kind of came out of, it seems like he came out of nowhere, but he's really been quietly building his uh, content. podcast, right. yeah. content courses for a long time. Long time, mm -hmm. long time. And that's that content thing, you know, that everyone's talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And even the uh, the all-in guys, you know, Friedberg mm -hmm. talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. You know, I went and watched for the first time yesterday mm -hmm. is Mr. Mm -hmm. Beast. Yeah, it's wild. 104 right? million. Mm -hmm. I, like, I, I don't get it because I'm a boomer, right? Yep. So just put that over there. Mm -hmm. But I do get it because the guy's a genius. When he's making the hamburgers and giving out, yep. like, Sacks of hundred one dollar bills. Uh -huh. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it's and, it's so wild. It's so wild, and I mean, he's a charismatic, normal looking, everyday middle America kid mm -hmm. that is like unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so so okay, that's <laughs> Kerry Newhoff, <laughs> like erase Mr. Beast thoughts yep. for a second. Um, he, he just years ago started with podcasting and just content blogging. He's yep. a very prolific um conference speaker just mm -hmm. building his brand mm -hmm. right and then he stepped down from day to day you know talk about a, a side hustle you know he's a pastor mm -hmm. you know and then his his passion for content and writing yep. and and recording has taken him in, in this whole direction where he's not full-time pastoring that church anymore he's full-time right. doing this he's running this yeah um and yeah, and he's like he's like branched out in the last couple of years to not just for a long time it was just church leaders and pastors he was interviewing, and now he's got like mm -hmm. Seth Godin on the podcast, and he really right. is like talking to a lot of yeah. of really cool people. He posted an article, I think it's probably been a month or two ago, and I like him because he is always he's always really pushing churches and pastors to be more entrepreneurial. Um, yep. and so I, you know, obviously we have a lot of people that listen who do both ministry and business, which we're mm -hmm. big proponents of here. Um, yep. and, and so part of what we want to do is, is provide resources for people who are doing, doing that and encourage that. Um, because that's what I do, you know, that's what yep. you did for right. many, many years. And so, 
Um, so he wrote this article about, uh, basically the title was why we need more entrepreneurial church leaders, not more shepherds. Um, <laughs> which is great. Like, it's just a great, a great, uh, a title. Um, let's talk about this. I want to basically run through this article. Um, but before we do that, I want to like, I want to ask a couple of questions. Why do we think that pastors need to think more entrepreneurial about their church? And is there a situation in when, in which that becomes a detriment? Like, can a pastor think too entrepreneurial that the shepherding part of it kind of falls to the wayside? That's something that we talk a lot about here at our local church, right? Like, yeah. how do we do both yeah. and? And how do we do it yeah. well? Well, the first question is, should they be thinking entrepreneurial? You, you know, you could, um, if you're a church planter, 1,000% you should be because mm-hmm. It's, your church is a startup, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the very definition of being an entrepreneur. You go and, you know, put a flag in a city and start meetings and, you know, gather a team and get grow bigger, get out of the home, get into the school hall, yep. on and on. So <clears throat> the entrepreneurial, so if you're that kind of pastor, you should devour everything you can, every book, mm-hmm. every like blog that you can, uh, that, that is inspiring and informative and instructional um, around, uh, the mind of an entrepreneur and best practices. So hundred percent, Yep. like if you're in an established church, um, and that, and your church is not growing or you're stagnated, you need to think like an entrepreneur, you need to think like a startup. You need to, um, in the words of, uh, old Zuckerberg, you know, move fast and break things. Right. Yep. It, like, and, and obviously it's in the context of, uh, being wise with your, resources and being wise financially, right? You're not going to go and, Mm -hmm. you know, if your budget's like 10 grand a a month, you're not going to go buy a $10,000 a month billboard on the freeway because that's (laughs) that's just dumb, right? So, um, you know, you have to have to take risks and move fast, um, commensurate with the resources you have. Although there's times where you take risks. I took a risk going from 14,000, sorry, $1,400 a month rent for Mm -hmm. the church Mm-hmm. to 14,000 mm-hmm. and it was a big risk, yep. but I saved up, um, six months yep. and I got six months rent free. So I had a year, a so year. the risk was diminished yep. and I thought I could grow into it and it was on the big freeway and I got a big sign and mm-hmm. a hundred thousand cars a, a day going past the church. And, you know, so it was, it was a risk, but I mitigated as best I could. Yep. And as an entrepreneur, you're always doing that. You got to work mm-hmm. out what the risk is how to minimize it the most, but the fact that you, of the matter that you learn very quickly as a business owner, entrepreneur is no risk, no reward. Right. They connect. Scared money don't make money as they say, right? Right. (laughs) And the other thing I'd say is what kind of tolerance, and this comes in to do with leadership style, personality, you know, are you more of a shepherd? Right. Right. Personality, Mm -hmm. which is probably less risk, you know, tolerant yeah. as opposed to a driven leader type, mm-hmm. you know, church mm-hmm. leader. Um, and I, you know, I think sometimes. And there are both that have been really successful, right? Uh, it's 1, just 000%. all about who you're surrounding yourself with. Absolutely. What? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some, absolutely. Um, I've, I've, I know tons of guys that are not overtly like don't have the big personality. Yeah. Like, you know, um, th- you, you wouldn't look at them and go, oh, that's a, you know, a guy. Dynamic. That's yep. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, they just plot along. It's like the Figma guy. They, they just, 
you turn around, you know, and you, and you look back two years and you go, what did you just build? I didn't even right. know you were building that. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, there's, so there's, there's just different personalities, but I think it comes down to, um, you should think like an entrepreneur, if you're a church planter, if your church is, you know, going through a phase of stagnation and you're struggling to grow, maybe you need some of that kind of thinking. If your church is rocking and rolling, yep. well, guess what? It's working. So don't break it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the other question I want to ask, and then, uh, no, let me ask this towards the end. Let's walk through some of these. Let's walk some through some of these characteristics he he mentions. Um, I think obviously we know what he's saying. Um, the church has to be more entrepreneurial. Uh, we have to re reverse some trends, maximize potential. Um, we we need to, as the world, especially the West, becomes more secular, we have to be more creative in the way that we're willing to reach people. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, he basically equates uh, an apostle, sort of the gift of apostleship, right, to what he calls a spiritual entrepreneur, uh, which I think is a really cool name for it. I think without getting into the theology of it, apostle is yeah. like one of those terms. It's kind of used and interchanged in a bunch of different ways. But the yeah. spiritual entrepreneur, I love, I love that. Basically, he just makes well, this case. Go ahead. The biblical definition of apostle is uh, from the greek word apostolos mm -hmm. which was given to the general who oversaw the armada of ships that was coming to colonize and bring greek culture mm -hmm. so literally right. they were the ones sent in at first mm -hmm. to dominate and bring the culture of, of greece that's what yep. an apostle was mm -hmm. and then jesus uses that terminology for those that are going to go out first mm -hmm. take the world by preaching the gospel and bring a christ-like culture right. so that's where that's where the word literally means yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you have most of the the more entrepreneurial type people in the body of christ tend yep. to fall more into that you know into that yeah. into that category right so yeah 100 he he says um so he talks through spiritual gifting a bit, and then he, he we'll we'll link to this in the in the show notes. But he he says five things entrepreneurial leaders bring. Uh, you hit on this first one, uh, the willingness to risk. And he says the early church took incredible risks. People risked their health, safety, financial security, and their very lives for the sake Your of the gospel. <laughs> in a time where too many churches are trying to figure out how to survive, we need leaders who will change the question on how the church is going to thrive. And you cannot do that without risk. So you talked about that really good risk. Like you said, because it's a church, we're stewarding other people's finances, their souls. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. The, the, the risk mitigation is probably the proper way to, we're not, you're not just full sending with in, in a church environment, right? Um, it, well, the difference between like business and church mm -hmm. is, is that you can risk money in business, right? Either your mm -hmm. own, you know, people who invested in your company, whether family, friends, institutional, a lot doesn't matter. You're going to take risks with that money for one purpose yep. and one purpose only, and that is to grow. Right in the church world, you're not, you know, you're not really. The mindset isn't to go and risk the Sunday offering, right? With <laughs> with, with risky bets, right? Yeah. And in the growth, yeah, you're going to invest in technology, and you're going to invest in, you know, the community and the neighborhood, and you're gonna you're gonna do ministry. Mm -hmm. And I think what he's saying is is 
ministry and how we do ministry should have more risk perhaps. Yes. Yep. Yep. I love that. So is, is, um, it, is it risky to, you know, knock on every door in the neighborhood and invite everybody to a, you know, a, a conversation about life in the womb? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like in LA, it would be very risky because yep. you might have people there like screaming with placards. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you want to take that we, risk? We, we literally had this combo. I think Jake and I, it's maybe been six or eight months ago. We were talking about like doing a billboard campaign and we literally wanted the billboard to just say postmodernism leads to death. Yeah. Way, right it's like we didn't obviously didn't end up in doing it but you just go yeah, yeah the risk right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so okay next thing he says is experimentation um mm -hmm. and uh basically talking about how this early church is in was in many ways one big experimentation right yeah. um and he just said churches need to get better at experimentation which i think is right. so true in the business world, we set goals and we try things and we can remove emotion from whether or not they work. Yeah. Right. Most of the time, obviously we have KPIs that you have to keep that to keep growing as a business, but right. especially a startup is very much trial and error, you know, yeah, very um, much. with no, with not a lot of emotion attached to it. Churches don't do that very well. Um, yeah. I don't think. And that's like, you know, I remember like I must've reinvented small groups like, 20 times <laughs> over mm -hmm. 20 years. Yep. It, it's like, it was, it was more programs and okay, this not, this thing's not working. You got to be willing to, you know, get the sacred cow gun out and shoot it yep. and go, mm -hmm. you know what? We've been doing this for X amount of time. I remember we used to be midweek church forever mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it was on Tuesday night and then it was on Wednesday night. And then it was like, and I wanted small groups to grow and it was just really hard to do both. So we had mm -hmm. to make the, the midweek service had to go if we were going to be, become, if small groups were a thing and we really believed that that was going to strengthen and grow people yep, and therefore strengthen and grow the church, people's lives were too busy. So, yep. you know, that was a hard decision because I love meetings <laughs> and I like yeah. preaching. <laughs> so, but, you know, so it's, I think it's in that area, like what things are you still doing that are not working that you uh, must be willing to critically look at and potentially change? That's, uh, I think that's, the, the spirit of this point. Yeah. You know, one thing that's interesting that I've noticed uh, where there's, we're seeing this generational shift in um, legacy churches who are 20, 30, 40 years old, yeah. who have now who are, are, have and are transitioning to maybe the son of the founding pastor or right. a younger pastor. The young leader. Yeah. And, and I've literally seen this now because I was just reading about this again two nights ago. Uh, one trend I'm seeing is that when these younger folks take over, one of the first things they're doing is shutting down and consolidating the dozens of campuses that their dad right. or the senior pastor before them built. Yep. And they're selling yep. buildings and they are consolidating and they are investing yep. in other things other than properties around the city, which is kind of an no, interesting technology. Right? Exactly. Gonna, like, you know, it's close three buildings and build a state of the art studio. Yes, you know, right. Or like mm -hmm. a tenth of the money. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Look, in, it's interesting to see that shift happening, right? Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and that's, a, that's just going to keep happening. As, yep. as more and more of that generation, the last generation, you know, kind of my generation, retire, um, and the handoff to the, you know, 30-something is going to be way different. Thinking about it. And, the, and, the old, and the old guard better get ready because yeah. <laughs> it ain't, you know, ain't going to be feel good yeah. for, for a bit. <laughs>
<laughs> yep. A restless, the number, number third one is the re- a restless discontent with the status quo. Um, right. Entrepreneurs and apostles are never satisfied. While it can be frustrating to work with someone who is never satisfied, it is an essential gift in birthing what's new and expanding a current mission. Um, yeah. That to me is, is the non-negotiable job of the senior pastor. If you are the senior pastor, you are always, right? I mean, you, you yeah. are the one that's generally setting that tone. If you're the CEO, same thing. Right. Right. If you're running a company or you're running, building a church, whatever, whatever you, I think it's innate in a, in um, both capitalism and Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and those two aren't mirroring of themselves, right. but you know, I believe, I believe a lot of uh, capitalistic kind of missional things derive from Judeo Christian values. Yep. And one of them is hard work. And another one is this commitment to growth, mm-hmm. you know? So like multiply what the master has given all, me. Yeah. Yeah. Go into all the world. Right. So big vision. Here's a bunch of spiritual gifts to help you go into all the world. So here's the tools and it's just innate in a believer. And, and, and therefore it just somehow it, it, capitalism is this driving, growing thing where we're always looking for growth mm-hmm. and every economy, like this inflation thing at the moment, right. Is, is anti-growth. That's why it's so painful for the economy. Like that's something we don't want to grow the cost of things, but we want productivity to grow. Um, and so it's just inbuilt and, and unfortunately it's always going to be with you. If you want to lead anything anyways, you're going to have this right. tension between being content with where you are and always looking at where you want to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, next is boldness, which we've kind of talked about. That's in many ways, mm-hmm. that's similar to, to risk, um, boldness. Uh, he just says, um, you know, you'll see boldness in the new Testament as a hallmark of early church leaders. So can you describe your church culture as bold? Uh, which is a really great, great question to ask. Well, I think, you know, to me, that would be like, it'd be a bold, like one thing that we want to do next year. That's really bold. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so there's the risk management of, of all of all the things, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think about a, it's a bold step, right? Mm-hmm. It was, um, it was bold for Peter to get up and preach that first sermon on the yep. day of Pentecost, right? Mm-hmm. There were certain moments in the, in the book of Acts where there was boldness displayed. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's like, you know, the church, you know, board gets together and think, man, what do we want to achieve for 2023? Like what's one thing we could really do that would be perceived yeah. and, and really like cause us to be bold in something. It might be a neighborhood thing. It might be a food yep. thing. It might be a, like just work out. Step out in faith and right. go for it. Mm-hmm. And things like building buildings, those are bold things to do because they're right. hard. Right. Yeah. Uh, fifth and final one is a bias for action. Uh, we have plenty of thinkers in the church and not enough doers. Entrepreneurs bring a bias for action that is often astonishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, spiritual entrepreneurs accomplish things nobody else accomplishes because they do things nobody else is willing to do. If you think about the much criticized innovations in today's church, video venues, multi-site churches, online campuses, you realize that you open up your yourself to a world of criticism when you start bold new things. Yeah. Um, so just this idea of doing and yeah and yeah action you know it's it's execute execute ex- execute right and and one of the things you said there is important like the bold entrepreneurial 
spirit doesn't care what other people think because mm-hmm. it and because if that's you you're not you're going to get frozen right in making decisions and taking those bold actions um so having a healthy sense of confidence around what god has put in your heart to do mm-hmm. and then not really caring about what people say you just go and do it and if it starts being fruitful god brings fruit from it that's you don't even have to say anything right like p- people are tearing down you know like these people who are actually got a lot of fruit as yeah. a result of their bold action. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to criticize, but all the successful people I've ever been around in business or in, in ministry are, you know, they're humble enough to know that it was mostly God and a little yep. bit of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just let the results speak for themselves. Well, that's the, that's such a great, that's so true, right? Like there is this confidence or boldness that comes. And I think oftentimes those people can come across as like arrogant or doing their own thing. Or it's like most of the time, those people have like a lot of people in their life that they actually look to, to get wisdom and advice from. They have a small group of people that they really actually do care Mm -hmm. what they think and they're running this stuff by. And then when it's time to act, they act and they don't really look to the right or to the left. They just do it. And I think that's, that's a key. And if they're prideful and arrogant, they fall. Yes. That's what right. happens. That's what the Bible yeah. says. Yeah. <laughs> um, pride comes before the fall. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guys that crash and burn, there was probably some pride going on thinking it was them and their gift and not God's mm-hmm. providence and God's d- direction and, and you know, yeah. God's breath, uh, in, you know, of the spirit into their gifting set that he gave mm-hmm. them. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the good guys just, you know, they just, and, and like in, even in business sometimes, and luck is not, not a word we use a lot in, in the church, right. but just the, we use the timing and the providence of God, but, mm-hmm. but sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time. Yep. Like, you know, it's like, there's, mm-hmm. there's just things that happen. And now as Christians, we, we go, well, God's ordering our steps and we're taking steps of faith and he's guiding us. And, yeah. you know, we have the benefit, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, but you know, call it what you want. Sometimes it's just the right thing in the right moment. Yep. And and then you did all you were supposed to do mm-hmm. and God breathed on it and away it went. Yep. So yep. Pretty cool. You know, that's so true. And I would say like to just close out this part and we're now getting more into ministry talk than we are entrepreneurship talk. But one thing I have found is the guys who have been doing this for a long time, who have built big movements and big churches and have done mm-hmm. all of this, who are of not my generation, but the older generation. That's one thing I hear them say a lot when talking about what they've built is like, mm-hmm. they actually really do. Uh, they don't talk about all the strategic moves they made or all yeah. the great things they did. It was sort of like, oh, this kind of just happened because we trusted God and we were bold yep. and we did it and we weren't afraid to fail. Um, Absolutely. As opposed to like, this was the 10 step strategy I used to get from here to here. You know what I mean? Like we interviewed Pastor Phil for the podcast or the Bass podcast few months ago and he was like yeah i mean people want to always ask me like how this thing grew and i kind of just say like i think in spite of us like we just right did what we did and and there it was and so i think there's something to that which just means you're not holding on too tightly to the result you're saying like yeah we're gonna build stuff and have fun and trust god right i was was in a room once with like 30 pastors and joel osteen was there and talking and we're in his building and Mm -hmm. Like, and like, forget what you think of Joel and, yep. you know, his, his style and brand and all that. Yep. He's like, his dad died, who was mm-hmm. an unbelievable, I was a big admirer yeah. of his dad, uh-huh. John. Legend, and, uh, legend in the body of Christ. Yep. Legend. And um, he's like, I got given the church and the first thing I wanted to do was cancel the TV. 
contract because mm-hmm. I didn't think I could do television. So he literally calls up, like it was ABC or something. He says, I'm out. This is on a Friday. He has this like full corruption, like blah, blah, blah. He calls back Monday. So no, no, God's told me I'm supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and like literally, you know, arguably one of the most influential people. Oh yeah. You know, they ask non-believers what they think of Joel Osteen. They all love him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they, they watch they, him they, mm-hmm. and they watch him. <laughs> so like, okay, God can use Joel Osteen. All right. Just 100%. calm yeah. down on your, on exactly. your big theology kick. Exactly. Um, so, but my know, grandmother, it, it, my grandmother, who never stepped foot into an evangelical church in her entire life, gave her life to Jesus in her 80s at her nursing home watching Joel Osteen. And she watched them every single morning. So, she's someone born can, again, she's going to exactly. Heaven, right. That's, um, that is, that is amazing. Yep. So, but he's like, I, did, I don't know how this worked. Mm-hmm. Like, he had no clue. And he would rehearse his sermon. Like, and he'd write it out and rehearse it. Mm-hmm. And of course he used to do the editing for his dad. He'd edit his own sermon. And like, it was, he just, just didn't think he'd be any good. And mm-hmm. look how God's used him. So it's, yeah. that's all the big guys I've ever been around. Extremely humble. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Really great. Really great. Good awesome. Stuff. Yeah. If you're listening and you're a pastor, bivocational pastor, maybe you're a, an entrepreneur that just like serves in your local church, like get yeah. in there and start helping figure out totally. how to and tell us, puts, maybe yeah, write exactly. in and like, let us know. Us, like what's worked for you, what's not worked. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a fascinating thing that I think is a great intersection for us to always talk about here, yep. you know, on the pod. I, I think it's a good subject to talk about because we, yep. we could be inspirational to, mm-hmm. to some, you know, ministers who, uh, you know, want to do tent making, you know, exactly. on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's biblical. So, yep. Um, for that. Are we allowed to mention our new podcast? We are us. actually yes, we are. Like, so I mean, yeah. So we had, today is Thursday, September fifteenth. On Tuesday, we launched our first uh, big partnership podcast, which is actually kind of funny because we announced two of them because mm-hmm. we launched the Theoshu Memes podcast. So which we're was, I watched it. It was epic, and I nearly fell out of my chair. It was just it's brutally awesome. I think I think they're go- I think that podcast is going to become to Christianity and Christian culture what the All In podcast is to tech and business. I, I totally see that it's going to be um, awesome, and people are responding so well to it. I mean, thousands. Of There's a thousand subscribers in like the mm-hmm. first, you know, like eight mm-hmm. hours. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, so yeah, that's launching. So go listen to that. Uh, Theoshu Memes podcast that's on YouTube iTunes, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. And then we announced uh, we're going to do a podcast with Leland Mooring, which is really exciting. Um, so we are going to actually, he's going to start recording that in the next probably four to five weeks. Um, and that'll launch in January because he's launching his new album. Um, but it's a whole podcast for church creatives and nice. worshipers. And so the whole idea around it is. Uh, how to be creative within the context of the local church and then how mm-hmm. to take our Christian faith and be creative out in the world. So it. it's going to be awesome. So and so many more announcements coming up. So I know, I know the vast network is growing. Mm-hmm. It is. It's growing. Cool. It's growing quickly. It's going to be a fun, a fun year. So awesome. Well, Dean, thank you, sir. Have Always. a, uh, have a great weekend out in park city and yeah, you're going to play golf. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm going to play golf. It's been a bit cloudy, but I think it clears up Friday, so might sneak out. Probably sneak out Saturday. There you go. Good stuff. All right. Well, hit us up with topics, um, questions, people you think we need to invite on the podcast to talk. I mean, let us know. 
Our inbox is open, mw at bass.faith, or you can find me or Dean on Twitter. DM us. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you next week. See you all.